This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. Are you drinking up? First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. Some of us pump, and some of us slump. Joining me once again is Mr. Positivity Wolfie T. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. What's up? I get my age, I guess. You told me I'm getting old today. So I'm too old to run. I told you you're too old to run. And then you're (laughs) complaining about how your back hurts and shit. Yeah. (laughs) Bent over to pick up the sun the other day and just something just yanked my lower back. Yeah. That's a problem, old man. Just falling apart over here. I got hand, foot, and mouth disease from the kid. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like a made-up disease. <laughs> is that different than hoof and mouth disease? It is. That only affects animals. <laughs> of course, that's just called foot and mouth. But there might be a, a slang term like hoof and mouth. I forget. There was some uh, disease with cows in England that was like that. It was like hoof and mouth disease. They call it hand, foot, and mouth because a lot of times it'll leave little marks or a rash on your hands or your feet but uh that's i guess not all that common it's more so uh just kind of in and around the mouth but it's more so just in the mouth that's like a it's a bad cold i guess so it's it's more technically mouth disease <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those stupid child diseases that i don't know a doctor tells me that for most adults it doesn't really affect all that much because they have an immunity built up but my immunity was shot by COVID. Apparently not. By the shutdown. Apparently it did not apply to you. Yeah, so me, it just gave me like a two-week-long sinus infection is what it felt like. So voice is still a little weird. I'm going to clear my throat a lot today. But uh, the show must go on. It's episode 299. It must go on because we have to get to 300 at some point. <laughs> we do. We are going to be talking Pulp Fiction. With returning guest and uh, family member of the show, <laughs> Brother Clint. Brother right? Clint, for the second time ever. Did he go the... by Brother Clint when we did Hook? I forget. Yeah, yeah, because we did Hook after Positively Wolfie ended. Okay. So, yeah. And he went by Brother Clint on the old Positively Wolfie podcast. <laughs> still available, still out right? there. Yeah. Still out there. Haven't done one in uh, over two years, but uh, there's there's about 47, 48 out there. More How often do you check the numbers on Anchor? Every couple months. Yeah. The last episode just does gangbusters. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, like once a week, somebody downloads it. The rest of it, not so much. Keep them wanting more, Brett. <laughs> I don't know how that works. People are just like find it and listen to the last one or people are just like listening to the last one over and over again or what but i guess a few months ago people were it seemed to be people were downloading our episodes at a at a higher rate when we're doing fewer of them because in august we put out almost like a regular schedule i think we did four episodes in august yeah and numbers were down across (laughs) the board although i mean there seem to be some new listeners uh i think we have a lot of new listeners in michigan Numbers are way up for Michigan. Tell you that much. Who do you know from Michigan? I don't don't know. know I don't know anybody. Just our uh, fearless leader, number eight, Kirk Cousins. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Maybe he discovered us and, uh, you know, told his family. He told all his friends in Holland, Michigan. Well, technically, I do have some family in Holland, Michigan, which is where Cousins is from. (laughs) But they're not from there. Like They kind of... Grew up there for a few years, and they were back here. Then moved out there with his family. I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. He's older than me. He's a, he's in his forties. Cousin of mine. But anywho, hello to sunny Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh thanks for not being Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for 
for taking that land from them. I can't believe they let you guys have that. <laughs> it's not so connected. <laughs> not connected to your state at all, but uh, <laughs> you get it. Uh, so episode 300 is not the only big thing that's coming up pretty quick. We also have the horror extravaganza, which will be underway right after 300. So episode 300, not the movie 300. <laughs> We don't want to mislead all our Zack Snyder uh, cult members out there. We will not be doing 300 within the next few months. No, we are not talking about the boss. It's full. <laughs> but maybe this winter, once Rebel Moon comes out, am I right? Yeah, maybe. Part one. That's right, part one. Part one, part the TV in, cut. In May, I think, or April? April, I think. And then they're going to do the director's cuts that are going to be like six hours long each. <laughs> Lord willing. <laughs> As we explained a couple episodes ago, our theme for our horror extravaganza this year is faux American horror. Now, these are films that take place in America, the United States proper, but we're largely not filmed here outside of some, maybe some B-roll footage. But yeah, so these are, these are American films with a, with a foreign flavor, if you will. And these six films that we have selected are Pieces, Stage Fright, also known as Aquarius, I think when it came out. Yeah, what do we figure out? Is it 1987 or something like that? Yeah, 87. There, there are about a million movies called Stage Fright. Yeah. Good luck finding it on IMDb. Uh, Texas Chainsaw from 2022, The New York Ripper, The Lighthouse, and The House That Jack Built. We also have a myriad of guests lined up for these films not every film will have a guest but most of them do uh we will also have a special bonus episode friday the 13th is almost upon us there's one in october we had Stu from the midnight movie cowboys podcast on last year to talk about the first one and he can't pass up the opportunity to talk about part two because it's his favorite so we're going to be talking part two it is his favorite and we do kind of owe him to come on for a movie he likes (laughs) We kind of turned his, uh, we kind of changed his mind about Sleepaway Camp, though. We did. And he started I, I at turned, a zero and he got up to a five within like an hour. <laughs> I, I turned him on Repo Man, too. Yep. Yep. In our marathon episode that did not have you on it. <laughs> the only good <laughs> film that Alex Cox did, right? I That's what I've heard. I, I'm not familiar with the rest of his filmography. Yeah, I forget if I've seen any other of his. Any other I was going to watch Sid and Nancy. It's I, I think it's still on my DVR from over a year and a half ago. <laughs> I have not watched it yet. If I recall, that's another one that Stu hates, although he has it. Stu hates it. He hates it. Absolutely he, hates it. It has to be part of his collection, though, I think. It's one of those. <laughs> it's the worst movie ever made. All right. So we're going to be doing a lot of horror films over the next couple of months. This will run into November, and then uh, we'll probably do a Christmas episode of the recently seen. Then we'll take a, a break for a few weeks, and then we'll be back with perhaps a couple of Minnesota films, and of course our movies from our youth kick off next yeah. year. So uh, I completed the movie challenge for the abominable Doctor Fibes, which means I go last. Which yes. means you go first. Isn't that how it works? I believe so. It's been a while. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? So, uh, movies in the theaters this year. A little uh, underwhelming. This month. Well, uh, well, and last month. <laughs> recently. In the in the last several months. You don't want to talk about Gran Turismo? <laughs> Based on a true story. <laughs> a guy at work was telling me how much he loved that movie yesterday. He's like, oh, I loved it. It was great. Who? I was going to keep him anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, and I happened to uh, want to prepare for Equalizer 3, and the only way to do that was to sign up for Hulu to watch Equalizer 2. So I've, uh, I've got a month <laughs> of free Hulu, and today I'm going to talk about three movies which I've watched on there. Two of which were released this year. 
uh, although not in theaters near me, so I was not able mm-hmm. to see them, but I did see trailers for them at the theater earlier this year, mm-hmm. which pisses me off. Stop running trailers in markets where you're not bringing the movie to. I hate it. Anyways. False advertising with those trailers. Yes. It's the kind of thing that'll convince a small child to buy a, a catapult, a Ninja Turtle <laughs> catapult for an upcoming film that is never even featured. <laughs> doesn't exist it's made up (laughs) they scale the wall with like these iron claws like the hiking gear shit (laughs) bullshit they're they're, uh in feudal japan that's what anyways uh the first movie i'm going to talk about is called linoleum just begging for a catapult in old japan (laughs) you would think they'd have something like that it fits at least it would make the movie fun you know, instead of boring and terrible. And I, I know I'm not misremembering because I have I had two toy catapults. One was from Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. And they did use a catapult in that one. So that was that made sense. You just had to launch stuff across the room. That catapults was... were all the rage in the early nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Start playing with your catapult and you lose all the stuff that you're launching off of it. Yeah, Prince of Thieves was ninety one. So yeah. I think Turtles 3 was following suit, and then I, I, they just cut it, I guess. Yeah, Turtles 3 must have been about 93, 94. Because it, it was a bit after the second one. I have a, I have a realistic-looking catapult that's obviously from Prince of Thieves. And they have a cartoony one, probably <laughs> with, like, pizza stickers on it and shit. <laughs> <laughs> enough, of, enough about your, your, your disappointments of your youth. <laughs> Just quickly, we'll have to cover Ninja Turtles three next uh, next year in uh, movies from our youth. Just so oh, you can get the entire story out there. <laughs> You'll have like a whole episode, and you can complain about the catapult that was. I, think not I did, in, in probably both of our previous <laughs> Turtles episodes. At least if we cover the actual movie, it'll be on topic. Neither of us wants to cover it, though. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> Anyways, just real quick, let's get to our first review. Uh, Linoleum is the movie's title. IMDb says it's 2022, but it was a 2023 theatrical release in places uh, not here where I am. Uh, Directed by Colin West. It stars Jim Gaffigan, Rhea Seahorn, Caitlin Nakin. Uh, or Nacon, Gabriel Rush, Amy Hargreaves, Michael Ian Black, Tony Shaloub, uh, Roger Hendrick Simon, Elizabeth Henry, and uh, West Duchovny. Synopsis. When the host of a failing children's science show endeavors to achieve his childhood dream of becoming an astronaut by constructing a rocket ship in his garage, a series of bizarre events occur that cause him to question his own reality. Is uh, West uh, David Duchovny's kid or something? I would assume there's some relation there. Okay, but it's a young actor? Yes. Parent David Duchovny. Perfect. Daughter of Teo Leone and David Duchovny. Yep. Good stock. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Jim Gaffigan is basically Bill Nye the Science Guy. Like, they they almost literally redo the introduction to Bill Nye the Science Guy with Jim Gaffigan. Uh for this fictional version of the TV show that he makes, which is kind of interesting. But uh, anyways, as far as the uh, bizarre events, that is true. This movie is pretty surreal. Um, And and you don't quite put everything together. I I would assume that you're not going to figure out exactly what's going on until later in the movie when they start kind of revealing what's going on which even then is, is kind of surreal also um but uh a lot of strange things start happening like he starts seeing 
like he sees a car fall out of the out of the sky, and uh, the driver is a guy who looks just like him. And then uh, it turns out that that guy is coming to take his job, and uh, and then a rocket falls in the backyard of his house, and then he decides he's going to put the rocket together and fly to the moon. And so there's there's a lot of this like midlife crisis stuff going on, and then there's another story about uh, his daughter and the uh, the other guy's son kind of getting together and becoming friends and. So there's a few different like intertwining uh, storylines here, and they all kind of come together at the end. Yeah, it was it was kind of a unique movie in a lot of ways, and um, I I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it's kind of surreal, kind of strange. It kind of uh, uh, drags in the middle a little bit, but it picks up in the third act a lot. So I would recommend it. I liked it quite a bit, uh, and I will give it a eventually. Not quite as soonish, but it's a WTM eventually. Eventually. All right. Well, I saw a film from 2023, Asteroid City. I believe I saw it on Peacock. Probably. It seems like the network that would show Wes Anderson movies. <laughs> Yeah, can confirm it is Peacock. Streaming currently on Peacock. Written and directed, of course, by Wes Anderson. Starring Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Jake Ryan, Grace Edwards, Maya Hawke, Hope Davis, Steve Park, Liv Schreiber, Matt Dillon, Steve Carell, Fisher Stevens, Tilda Swinton, Bob Balaban. The list goes on and on, people. It's a Wes Anderson film. Bunch of white people and Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> Unless you count Fisher Stevens as <laughs> something else. He's an Indian American actor. <laughs> he, Noted he usually, Indian American actor. Fisher he usually Stevens. played non-whites in the in the eighties. He's a fez. <laughs> Although he is white. And to be fair, he has apologized for it. So was that on Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I forget. I know he was on there, but I forget if that. It was the one that gave him a a bad review or whatever in the paper. (laughs) It's been a long time since I've seen that episode. (laughs) So they kidnap him. Yeah, I remember they kidnapped him. Wanted to write a good review. (laughs) Synopsis for Asteroid City. Following a writer on his world-famous fictional play about a grieving father who travels with his tech-obsessed family to small rural asteroid city to compete in a junior stargazing event, only to have his worldview disrupted forever. So, I'm a pretty big Wes Anderson fan. Uh, there's a couple films of his I don't really care for. I've been disappointed uh, with his last three, including this one. Although, I think Asteroid City is the best of the last three. And I still did enjoy it. But uh, I, w- I was expecting more right off the what, bat. What was the other one? French Dispatch was the one before this. What was yeah, the one? Isle of Dogs was before that. Okay. I did not see Isle of Dogs. And I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. And I just thought that Isle of Dogs just couldn't hold water next to it. Well, it's a Japanese movie. It was culturally appropriating. <laughs> I mean, there's still things I liked in both of those, but not enough to give them an eventually. I think I would give both of them a last resort. I, I'd like to give them another chance. And it's not that I've grown disillusioned with Mr. Anderson because I've revisited most of his filmography over the past few years uh, with the wife. She's liked um, most of the films I've shown her of his. But she was kind of disappointed in the French Dispatch in this one as well. She fell asleep for Asteroid City, so <laughs> maybe that influenced me a little bit as I'm watching it as the wife is sleeping because she's so bored by it. But obviously, he always has great casts. Uh, maybe that always builds anticipation too much for me sometimes. I don't know. But there's still some great scenes, good performances, a lot of funny moments. I always like the production design in his films. The colors... There's always a lot of stuff to like with his work. At least for me. Uh, in Asteroid City, 
I, I do think it will benefit from a second viewing, this one. I could see myself liking this quite a bit more on a second viewing, but uh, for now, I'll just say I, I enjoyed it. I would recommend you watch it. I'll give it a w, WTM eventually. Eventually. Gave it three stars on Letterboxd. Because I didn't know how otherworldly they were going to go with it either. So I guess that was a bit of a fun surprise. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge... Well, that's a bit of a... I'm not really a Wes Anderson fan. Mm-hmm. And um, I laughed a lot at yeah. Asteroid City. Like, I, I thought it was really funny in a lot of places. Like, laugh out loud laughing in the theater. Is it your favorite of Wes Anderson's, you think? That you've seen? It's hard to say. Like, I remember I liked... Um, What's the one Kingdom? with the, the camp? Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah. I like that one. Okay. But it's been a long time since I've seen it. And I think the only other ones I've seen are Mr. Fox, which I didn't like, and French Dispatch, which I didn't like. Hmm. So I'm a little wary about testing the waters with the rest of his filmography, but I, I probably will at some point. I want to mention, so the, the movie is set up weird. So it's it's essentially a play and then like the behind the scenes TV special explaining how the play came to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the behind the scenes stuff is in black and white. And then the actual like quote play is in color. I didn't like the black and white stuff, but the stuff that was like in color, the the actual like play, I liked quite a bit. I would agree. I, I thought that the black and white stuff, uh, the black and white stuff, kind of bogged it down a bit, made it drag in in parts. Right. Yeah. I I didn't think it was. Uh, it made that much sense. Like it felt like it was kind of just padding it. Like I don't know. I yeah. it, it it's it it seemed weird. Like why why is this even in here? But I would agree. I gave it three stars. I believe uh, I would say eventually. Eventually, uh, there's enough positives to overcome the right. negative aspects. Right. I mean, I think I'm so harsh on it because I like Wes Anderson so much. So to be disappointed and still give it an eventually is it's just pretty you know pretty good. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. The next movie I have is uh, another 2023 movie, which is now on Hulu, uh, but did not play in theaters near me. To Catch a Killer, uh, directed by some guy with a weird name, Damien Sifron. His name is S-Z-I-F-R-O-N. Zifron? Zifron? I don't know. It stars... Um, Shailene Woodley, Ben Mendelsohn, Jovan Adepo, Ralph Innocent, uh, Richard Zeman. That's mm. probably enough. No. Uh, synopsis Baltimore, New Year's Eve. A talented but troubled police officer is recruited by the FBI's chief investigator to help profile and track down a disturbed individual terrorizing the city. Terrorizing is right. This movie starts off with a Vegas-style mass shooting. Uh, well, not necessarily Vegas-style, because he was more sniping people, but there's a there's a mass shooting on New Year's Eve as the fireworks are providing cover for the gunshots. And uh, Shailene Woodley is... Uh, asked to help with the investigation because her profile when she applied for the the um the FBI fits the profile of the types of people they usually arrest so she can uh you know kind of get in the headspace of the 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 type of person who would commit these crimes and um yeah it's a, it's a pretty uh pretty good crime drama there's uh some really intense scenes a uh, couple of uh really violent um realistic mass shootings that happen throughout um 
there's there's at least one in addition to the one that starts the movie, which is kind of hard to watch at times uh, if you're sensitive, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was good. It um, it, it feels like they do a lot of these uh, types of movies, but I don't know. This one felt a little bit better than the average. So uh, there's there's a bit of a unique angle in it too with um, the the mentally unstable uh, police detective helping with the investigation and things like that too. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I would also give this one an eventually. Eventually. All right. Of course, Shailene got that way because of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> she was really just playing herself. Hi-oh. Oh. She needs an eye wrangler. Like Uma Thurman. <laughs> She's looking pretty uh, pretty haggard in that movie, too. Mm. She's looking pretty rough. All right. Well, the next film I'm going to talk about, 1991, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, directed by Simon Winsor, starring Mickey Rourke, Don Johnson, Chelsea Field, Daniel Baldwin, Giancarlo Esposito, Vanessa Williams. Ooh. What what does John Carlo play in this? Is he is he Mexican or black? His name is Jimmy Giles. Hey, <laughs> I, I forgot or I didn't realize that he was in the usual suspects. Yeah. I rewatched it recently. Smoking a cigar throughout the whole movie. Right? Yeah, and he's just like a regular American black dude, uh yeah. detective. And then like you watch other movies and he's like a, a Mexican gangbanger or uh, Radio Rahim, <laughs> you know, like, like he had, he uh, he had out in, his name was bugging out in that film thing. Oh, Probably wasn't he Radio Rahim? Radio Rahim was the guy that, well, the guy with the big radio uh, was bigger. Yeah. I forget his name, but no, he didn't play Radio Rahim. He was the one that was upset with no brothers up on the wall. That was Radio Rahim. No. Oh come on! <laughs> I forget the guy's day, but Radio Rahim was big. He was a uh, he was oh, a cop from Sister bugging. Act. That's right. Sorry. When was the last time he saw Sister Act? <laughs> Probably thirty years ago. <laughs> that was a good Christian film. I had the soundtrack. We used to listen to it on trips up Ooh, north. There you go. Both of them, I think. We were we were big uh, into the Motown shit back then. Mm. We weren't allowed to listen to new music. We had to listen to Cool 108. I see. Until until about halfway through elementary school. And then we could listen to classic rock. Mm. But uh, yeah, I've seen Sister Act. Both of them. Well, the first two. I, I assume there's more. Right. Who are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. John Carlo Esposito, has, he's, he's got a wide uh, racial acting range going yeah. back to the early 90s. Speaking of feature, Fisher Stevens. <laughs> uh, continuing with the cast, we also have Tia Carrere. There you go. This is, uh, I think, pre-Wayne's World. Did you see her on Easter Sunday? Uh, not sure if I've seen all that. I think I'm Coy. confusing it with. I know actually. I know I haven't seen. It. I'm confusing it with First Sunday, the Joe Coy movie from last year. Yeah, I'm confusing it with the uh, Rainfart. It's Pimpin' Pimpin'. What's his name? <laughs> Cat Williams. Cat Williams. First Sunday. Cat Williams and Tracy Morgan. I've not seen that one. You know, Rob the church. Yeah. I kind of remember seeing the the commercials for that, but I did not see it. But she's uh. She's aged quite a bit, but she's still played like the hot, the the hot, the hot aunt, the hot, the haunt. <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're talking too fast, that's what it is. Still continuing with the cast, we have Julius Harris, noted uh, black exploitation actor, who's in Live and Let Die as Teehee. I don't know why his name is Teehee, but Teehee. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Sizemore is also in here. Sven Ol Thorson. The name sounds familiar, but I can't tell you what he's been in. Why do I know that name? Well, I remember I brought him to you before because I thought he was like a wrestler back in the day, and you're like, no. 
but uh, he did um he was like a heavy i think he also did stunt work too but well, with a name like that it's probably sven Oli thorson he was a champion bodybuilder powerlifter and karate black belt so yeah he was he was a heavy for films and consultant and determined sure he did some stunts and sure. i think they'll do it for cast synopsis two lone riders hold up a bank's armored car to save their friend's bar from imminent foreclosure soon the mission goes awry when the when they discover the vehicle's unexpected cargo oh that's uh they remade that as getaway dolls <laughs> <laughs> never heard of it the the new uh, Cohen brother movie. Oh, that's right. <laughs> How could I forget? They're, try, they're trying to save a because they delayed it. Huh? <laughs> because they, they del- to save a bar in that movie. No, but the they they rent a car with unexpected uh, cargo. Mm. Is Alicia Silverstone in the trunk? <laughs> no, it's cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> she's been popping up recently at least semi-recently can't say i've uh noticed wait have you seen uh killing of a sacred deer yeah remember she pops up in there that was years ago yeah it was but it was like four movies ago for that director <laughs> <laughs> uh because no it was uh, right before his newest one i think four was things it? We did the favorite. Yeah, he did do the favorite. Yeah, the Killing of the Sacred Deer was at least 2018. Yeah, something that, like that. It was five years ago. Well, everything's relative after COVID. <laughs> there were a couple of years. It was just a wash. We just lost two years. It's not that Alicia Silverstone couldn't get work. Nobody could get work in those two <laughs> years. Don't hold it against her. But anywho, about uh, an excess baggage sequel. Let's talk about Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man. <laughs> yeah, this definitely has a '80s vibe with uh, "Gotta Save the Community Center" type attitude. <laughs> That's breaking two electric boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, That's about ten films in the '80s. Well, that's where it started. <laughs> oh, I, I don't, I don't doubt it. I'm just saying, there's about ten films with that. It was the originator. <laughs> Gotta save the community center. What do they do in breaking one? Uh, they go to a uh, dance contest, or they get ready for a dance contest, and then they no they stakes. Do it. Or it's not really a contest; it's more of a audition for something. Mm-hmm. Okay. And of course, the the judges are racist. Mm. It's like Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, that movie's super racist. <laughs> But it's an accurate depiction of Italian Americans in New York in the seventies. <laughs> uh, so with Billy Davidson and Marlboro Man, uh, that's kind of their nicknames: the Don Johnson and Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke is Harley Davidson. He's always wearing the leather jacket, and Don Johnson looks like the Marlboro Man. Although it's like I don't smoke anymore, so he just wants to have one in his mouth, and then of course he starts smoking again. <laughs> <laughs> well i i don't even think the, anybody born after 1991 would know who the marlboro man is <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore like joe camel right although brian gosling walks amongst us so <laughs> lost to the sands of time poor joe camel so julius harris is the owner of this bar that they love and they look up to him so i was like a mentor you know, best friend type of figure. And uh, he's being muscled out. And um, they need to make some money fast. So they're going to knock over this armored car. And uh, wouldn't you know it, it's filled with drugs. Shock of money. shock. Yeah. That is pretty shocking. Armored car with drugs in it? Yeah. That shouldn't be. <laughs> they're running drugs for this criminal syndicate. Which Daniel Baldwin is the one of the heavies. They walk around in these cheap leather-looking dusters, but they're just, they're they're bulletproof. Everything just bullets just bounce off of them. They're not even phased by getting shot. Ironic that you refer to him to as a heavy, as he would later appear on Celebrity Fit Club on VH1. Well, he's still heavy in here. 
<laughs> and uh, it's funny because uh, I, I know you're not Facebook, but a uh, friend of the show from the Midnight Movie Cowboys, Hunter Deucing, he shared a, a, a meme from, God, I forget which page it was on Facebook, kind of show ironic screenshots from film. Mm-hmm. And it was from Mission Impossible Fallout, which Alec Baldwin was in, of course. Sure. And it's the scene where he's holding a gun. And uh, oh, the folks at home can't see this, but can you see this? on the gun there. No, I think this one's loaded. You want to find out? <laughs> <laughs> I think this one's loaded. Because there's that scene in, uh, in Fallout where they, you know, empties the clip out of it. So it gives them a unloaded weapon, you know, it clicks. He goes, mm-hmm. no, I think this one's loaded. You want to find out? <laughs> Which, if if people uh, don't know, uh, is very funny because Alex said an incident in which he fired a gun that was loaded that wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. Although he claims he never pulled the trigger. He murdered somebody on a movie set. <laughs> for Alleged- real. Allegedly, I should say that for legal purposes. For real. <laughs> he did it. He pulled the trigger. Allegedly, I should say that for legal purposes. Well, I don't know if you call it murder. <laughs> woman woman slaughter is what you call it. Well, manslaughter. It's like third degree. <laughs> uh, so uh, this movie is uh, very cheesy, but I did enjoy the chemistry between Rourke and Johnson. Rourke's already in the not looking so good days. This is 91. I think he had started boxing by then, but. He was starting to look rough already. Maybe he was, he's pretty, he's built enough for this movie. So I think maybe he was juicing a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I think he at least did or started since he stopped boxing. Because I'm sure he was, I guess I don't know how good the test he was in the early 90s for steroids and boxing, but. Yeah, I don't know. Well, shit in baseball, they didn't start testing for steroids until like 2005. (laughs) Yeah. Then they want to go police all the people that took him in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't illegal in the 90s. Why do you care? <laughs> it was a fun ride. It wasn't anything too crazy. I did enjoy seeing some of the uh some of the cast. Some funny one-liners, some some decent action, actually. It was entertaining enough. I'll say uh watch this movie eventually. Eventually. And I also gave it three stars on Letterboxd, so every bit as good as Asteroid City. (laughs) Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. They're equal quality. (laughs) That's how that works. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. My last movie, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about this, because it is a straight-to-streaming 2022 movie called Prey. So wasn't this nominated for Emmys, Brett? It might have been. It might have been. It's 20th Century Studios Presents Prey. Mm. A 20th Century Studios production, copyright 2022. (laughs) The title card has a lot of 20th Century Studios shit on it. It's feature length. We'll let it slide. Directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Starring Amber Mid-Thunder. Dakota Beavers. Dane DeLiegro, Stormy Kip, Michelle Thrush, Julian Black Antelope. Ah, that's probably about enough. Nobody you've heard of. Mm. Synopsis. Naru, a skilled warrior, uh, questionable, of the Comanche <laughs> Nation, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. So, yes, this is a Predator movie, uh, technically. Um, it's set in 1719, but the uh, the lead actress... Is she very mid? Comes off very millennial. Very millennial to me. It was like watching Aubrey Plaza try to play a Native American warrior. So, yeah, they just like... The hunched shoulders and the, uh, you know, she's got that look on her face. You know that look, like that that constantly, you're, you know, annoyed look. 
You know what I'm talking about. She's snarky and referencing Big Bang Theory, ironically. Snarky, snarky back talk. <laughs> I always complain about why can't I go hunting? I'm just as good as my brother. And then like getting in the, <laughs> the head positions that she's got to be saved from throughout the movie mm-hmm. by her brother. What did you um, say her character's name was? Mary S. Naru. Okay. <laughs> Mary S. I don't <laughs> even understand that reference. Mary Sue. Mary Sue. <laughs> I will say I, I did find her attractive. <laughs> I love to jump on her bones. Mm. Although she was overdressed for the part. I felt she was overdressed for the part because she's like wearing this like frumpy like canvas dress the whole time. Meanwhile, all the dudes are shirtless. And, uh, you know, that's not how you sell a movie. Come on, put her in a bikini top or something and let her fight the predator. But uh, I digress. <laughs> uh, you know, despite the, uh, you know, the lead actor's deficiencies, uh, it moves along okay. Like, there's some interesting stuff that happens. Um, I thought the predator stuff was okay. Uh, they could have probably done a little better with it in, in some areas it it clearly does not hold up to the original in any way but it's you know it wasn't terrible uh throughout um and then i don't know if this is a spoiler she ends up fighting the predator one-on-one and like she has way too easy of a time of it compared to like how she you know the how she uh, battles other things throughout the movie. Like the predator is the easiest thing that she has to fight, apparently, which doesn't make any sense. It should be the opposite. So, so what is the the predator's technology compared to Predator eighty seven? It's uh, it's more primitive. There's some okay. like projectile stuff, and but uh, he's got like spears and uh, staff, okay. and so he doesn't uh, have a a thermal camera. <laughs> He does like he still has the the invisibility and then the the thermal camera. He still has that. Okay, but like the like the cannon isn't like a photon laser. Mm-hmm. It's like it shoots like a like a dark or I don't know how you describe it, but sure, it's B- a uh, bolt maybe. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's it's not as advanced. It's it's it is a little more um, regressed, um, okay. which makes sense you know it's set hundreds of years in the past so um but yeah i again i it doesn't hold up to the original it looks pretty cheap uh i think it looks like a tv movie like very cgi heavy Mm. and you know i i was okay with it for for a while and then uh i didn't like the ending so it would have been a last resort kind of regardless, but I would have given it an extra half star if they had stuck the landing on Letterboxd. So, last resort for Prey. It's a last resort. All right, well, Brett, you challenged me to watch The Abominable Dr. Fibes. Yes. From 1971, directed by Robert Fust. West, Fust, Fust. Starring one Vincent Price, Joseph Cotton, Hugh Griffith, Terry Thomas, Virginia North, Peter Jeffrey, Norman Jones, John Cater, John Laurie. Synopsis. Doctor, scientist, organist, and biblical scholar Anton Five seeks revenge on the nine doctors he considers responsible for the death of his wife. Spoilers. I mean, that is the premise. Yeah. You know, I kind of noted that the film just kind of starts off right into it, you know? Yep. Like, I, I guess, when do you even find out that it's, that these doctors botched his wife's surgery? It's pretty late in the film. I think it's, yeah, it's about halfway through. Because they find a doctor who knew a couple of the victims. Yeah, because then... that's like a reveal. It's like. It's probably yeah. even past halfway through. Why? Well, I, I don't know if the uh, uh, there might be a scene where Doctor Fibes kind of talks about it before that, but I don't remember if that's true or not. Yeah, 
I but, mean, he know, does the, talk to his uh, dead wife quite a bit. And there's a, but there's a scene like about halfway through where this one doctor, it, it's, it's a big to do because he's got all his files from the last five years and he's got them all set up. He's like, here's one pile. This is 1200 cases. And I've narrowed it down and here's another 35 cases and here's seven cases. And here's one case where we all worked on it. Mm-hmm. And then they, from there, they're like, oh, well, let's go try to save the next like four or five victims before they die. Yep. And uh, that's kind of where they find out uh, yeah. that he was avenging his wife. Yeah. So this Dr. Fives is offering these doctors one by one. Uh, with methods inspired by the by the by the great plagues, yes, it's locusts and bats and blood and uh, killing of the firstborn, rats, real, real Old Testament frogs, stuff. right? Uh, what else? Uh, bees, beasts, beasts, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, airplane. <laughs> I know there was uh, rats in the airplane, but those were rats. Yeah. <laughs> so Vincent Price, uh, you know, he's not he's not one to disappoint. I found the film thoroughly entertaining. I really like the practical effects. That was probably the strongest aspect to it. Uh, there's a lot of idiosyncratic aspects to it. I'd say, like he's always playing the organ and. He has this weird band. It's supposed to be like a robotic band, but you can tell it's just people in costume. Got a clockwork band. Yeah. He winds he winds it up and they start playing. Mm-hmm. And it's at least like a 12-person band, something yeah. like that. So he has that kind of robot band set up by his organ. And there's this woman that helps him along with his tasks. Yep. Volvera or yep. Volveria or whatever her name was. Investigators, the people from Scotland Yard and whatnot, they are Volnavia. Quite, they Sorry. are they it's okay. Uh they are quite entertaining. Uh pretty funny, those guys. Those those funny Brits, I tell you. <laughs> fucking hilarious. It's kind of weird because it's it's part like horror movie. Right. With with the with the deaths. Oh, one we missed was the uh ice or whatever, the hail. Mm, yep yeah that was one of anyways uh yeah so like with the death like it's somewhat graphic for the time but then yeah. like you got you got like the the two detectives doing shtick mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and then uh then you got vincent price playing his organ and like just being over the top flamboyant and you know dancing <laughs> with all of all native and Talking through a, a thing in his neck. What do you call that? Uh, what, that smokers use. They don't have the voice box or whatever. Well, it was like a, like he had a like a plug in in his neck for a that he would plug into a phonograph. It yeah. was weird. He but, had that uh, jack. <laughs> yeah, he had a jack in his neck. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't actually talk on on camera. It's all like pre recorded. Uh, voiceover for yep. uh, Vincent Price. Either that he's a really good ventriloquist. You can see his vocal cords and his throat moving when he's talking. So you can tell he's at least trying to say something, you know. Yeah. He's really giving his all acting. You know, Vincent Price, <laughs> he doesn't disappoint. So I will give this uh, and eventually eventually uh, we'll talk about it more uh, with spoilers after we kind of wrap up the show. But Brett, you could also say there's a there's at least one sequel. Is there any more? There's one sequel. Okay. Doctor Fives rises again. Okay. Which uh, I would give this one an eventually. The other one uh, also an eventually. I, I like it just as much. Okay. Uh, I would uh, recommend watching both. Eventually. The gist of that one, synopsis wise. So that one, it's. Um, He's got to take his wife to Egypt because there's some like uh, astronomical event or astrological event, however you want to put it, which will open up a river that 
provides uh, everlasting life, and so he's going to take his wife there to uh, bring her back to life. And uh, him also, and they're going to live forever. And there's another guy there who's trying to do the same thing, and he's got a map to it, to the place. And Dr. Five steals the map, and then it's kind of a race to get there. And uh, they kill a couple people on the way, so the detectives are back and on the case. (laughs) And they're even more uh, comedic in the second one than they were in the first one. Mm, Okay. Terry Thomas comes back, even though, uh, spoiler alert, he dies in the first one. He plays a different <laughs> character mm. in the second one. But he's hilarious. You can't have too much Terry Thomas. Right. We should mention our friends at Midnight Movie Cowboys have released an episode on the ab- abominable Dr. Fibes. Yes, thank you. I, I forgot about that. We will shortly be releasing an episode on Dr. Fibes Rises Again. Yeah, so... Head on over to the MMC for all your Dr. Fives uh, needs. Yeah, so this is the movie challenge, so now it's time for me to challenge you to watch something. Yes, we must not forget. This is a challenge. I'm going to throw you a curveball here. No bonds right now. I feel like we should get into the horror spirit, especially with the, the full American horror theme. I'll give you another film that was an idea I had. For one, we could do Edge of the Axe. Oh, sure. Been tempted to pull the trigger on that once or twice. I just haven't done it. Yeah. Is it, was it streaming somewhere? I bought the Arrow Blu ray a while back I, I last year. I think, I want to say it is, but I maybe I'm confusing it with something else, but I, I'd have to look. Okay. Um. So, Brett, where can people? Support the show financially if they feel so inclined to buy some of our lovely merchandise. Sure, I mean you get you get something in return. It's not money for nothing. You get some good merchandise. Head on over to WTM. Watch this movie. Dot creator dash spring dot com. Yes, you can reach out to us. You can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com. You can follow us on X or Twitter at watch this underscore movie or bread at positively wolf one which is also his letterbox profile. Mine can be found under Eric underscore Mulder. Website is still in the process of migrating. The WTMWatchThisMovie.com is still live. It will be ending in November. Still working to uh, transfer uh, the entire catalog of episodes onto the feed on Podbean. Work in progress. Uh, Otherwise... Uh, yeah, please do us a favor, rate and review, subscribe on any podcast platform you use, any app, preferably Apple Podcasts, but uh, we'll take a rating or a, or a sub from anything. Spotify, Stitcher is no more. Stitcher is no more. Officially I keep on like getting no a more. few downloads from Stitcher. I'm like, God, who is listening <laughs> to us through Stitcher? <laughs> How is that possible? I thought they basically yeah, No, I think it app. was at the end of August. It was like the last gasp oh. of it. I think it was like August 29th or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably about it. Uh but yeah, we're available everywhere. Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. We're out there. Spotify. Yeah. You can rate us on Spotify. That's a thing. You sure can. Yeah, we don't have enough ratings for like a an aggregate on Spotify. I've given us five stars already. I've done my part. <laughs> I think you need five. But uh, yeah, Apple Podcasts, that would really help. We haven't got a review on there in a while. So so yeah, let's uh, talk more about Dr. Fibes. I uh, love the love, love the Brits in here. I wonder if Stephen Mark are privy to this film. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I would say probably not. But then again, it could be one of those things where like, oh, yeah, I watched that a million times growing up. It was on BBC One, <laughs> Saturday mornings. Every weekend for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, a couple of scenes in particular, I was busting out laughing. When uh, So who was it when they're investigating uh, one of the deaths and they're in a guy's house that was killed by the bats in the beginning? Yep. And there's some guy, I don't know, looking for prints or what, but he's on top of what appears to be some sort of like an arm wire or something, some big piece of furniture. 
And he's on all fours with a magnifying glass and his ass is like way up in the air. And he's talking to the investigators like, where are you? He's like, I'm, I'm up here. <laughs> and he's just, he's like 10 feet in the air and his ass is like 12 feet in the air. Yeah, he's like on top of like a bookshelf that goes almost to the ceiling. and It's just ridiculous. Just, like just enough space for him to <laughs> lay down flat on top of it. <laughs> and for some reason, his ass is really high in the air. <laughs> Looks like a little kid or something, you know, underneath the covers trying to read a book with a pen light or something. I don't know. And then the scene where the one of the victims is about to crank off. So he takes out his, his crank machine to crank off. <laughs> this crank projector one of those old reel to reels basically yep he's doing the uh he's hand cranking the film which is a a scantily clad uh, exotic looking woman who's doing a dance with a snake that was terry thomas by the way that was the actor in that okay. role okay who shows up in the sequel as somebody else completely <laughs> <laughs> And he's drinking. He's got his uh, glass of wine or something in one hand, and he's cranking the other. So he's re- he's just edging himself for what appears to be. Oh well, there's a couple run-ins with the maid. She interrupts him once or twice, but well, don't call her the maid. She's something yeah. else, but don't call her a maid assistant or some bullshit. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was that seems hilarious. Um, because he's so into it, and then like she comes and interrupts, and he's like, oh. It's uh, because he's got, he's got a screen. It's just like a a uh, sheet that's uh, spread across the door frame, uh, so it's like blocking the door. And for some reason, she can't. Well, like, it's see like an entryway image. or something. Because yeah, but she can't see the image from the other side apparently. And so she's like, "What is this?" And she's like, "Oh, it it keeps drafts out. <laughs> it was drafty, so I put it up." It's brand new, you, you, you know. I thought you were gone for the day. Why don't Why don't you leave? <laughs> Shouldn't get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the 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 he's watching some woman stick a snake down her throat. Basically, like she puts the whole snake head in her mouth, mm-hmm. and he is titillated. It's a literal snake. It's not metaphorical. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we find out Dr. Fives and his wife are dead. Somehow he's not, he's dead, but he's not. So I just got to figure like, I thought that was maybe like, does his wife, the ghost of his wife helping him all the time or something? Cause they, they do look kind of similar, but then he's always talking to his wife, like the, like the picture. Yeah. So you can tell like they're, they're different people or different entities. Well, maybe is like his valet. Valet. Well, they're they're British, so they say valet. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> the kings, well, like queens at the time, <laughs> like WWF at the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's it's weird. Like he's got this hot chick like working for him, but like he's still just like in love with his wife. And uh, but then like he'll go and and dance with the Volnavia and. Like she'll uh, drive him around. I like his car. He's got a picture of himself on the window. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, I'm just a normal person riding in this car. As you can see, <laughs> here's my profile. <laughs> yeah. He takes off all of his makeup and mask and he's got a wig and everything. Cause he's basically just a, a deteriorated body. Yeah. Well, you had uh, at work yesterday, you said you had started it, but didn't finish it. And you're like, oh, that makeup job on him. Well, he's got so much makeup kicked on him. I yeah. said, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I kind of figured it was all, I mean, the sequel is called Dr. Fibes Rises Again. <laughs> of course, the, the final plague is darkness, which is him. Darkness is spreading. <laughs> Brother Darkness. <laughs> I want to say the line at the end of that part of the <laughs> sketch, but I, I can't. It's not 2003 and I'm not in high school anymore. <laughs> Anyways, uh, probably sharing too much uh, of the things that I used to yell in high school. 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, now I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, darkness was the last plague. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's Doctor Fives getting into the tomb with his wife and uh, waiting for the moon to be in the right position to uh, raise him again from mm-hmm. the dead. But uh, yeah, I uh, I thought it was interesting. They had some uh, fun kills. The the frog mask he goes to a masquerade ball and he puts a, a mask on the one doctor that's a frog and it just uh constantly gets tighter and tighter and tighter until it squishes his head mm-hmm. that was good there's rats in the airplane which we mentioned the uh the, the hail one he had some kind of ice machine hooked up to the air conditioner of a car <laughs> The bats one that that's the first one. It it starts off right with that with the bats kill. Yeah, I really love that the the practical effects. They have all those bats in there and they're crawling all over the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, very uh, very creepy. You know, obviously they wouldn't do it the same way today. It'd be a bunch of fake looking CGI bats. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, that's what makes it so effective. It's real, tangible. Yes, you could touch it. Locust scene. Um, I I forget. I I because they they set that scene up where he's grinding up. I forget what it is. He's got a bunch of green. I don't know what it is, and he grinds it up into a goo. Yeah, it's the, green like, goo. They drops it. I'm guessing it's just like food for locusts or something. Catnip for locusts. They show him doing it. I I just don't know what what it is. Uh, but it turns into a goo. And this was a point of contention on the MMC podcast. How did she sleep through that? Because... Well, they mentioned uh, that she was going to take a sleeping pill. Exactly. They yeah. did address that. So if Stu and John are listening. They addressed it in the movie. He said you should take a sleeping pill so you can go to sleep. So it was implied that she did that, and that's why she slept through it. Uh, to be fair, it was kind of a throwaway line, and I believe it was like maybe the this the camera was I think showing like her reaction or something because they're like, you know, why don't you go to sleep? <laughs> she, you know, she's like, oh, uh, how am I going to sleep at a time like this or something? Or how am I going to fall asleep? And well, uh, take a sleeping pill. I suggest you take a sleeping pill, something like that. Yeah, she's like walking into the room it's or very, something. It's so. very subtle. It's very subtle. Yeah, very quick. Like it wasn't it. like. The camera's <laughs> trained on the guy's face, and you should take a sleeping pill. It's it's done. Knock you out. It's done competently. No, it's not. It's not like they would do today, where it's like, you should take a sleeping pill, and then they show her taking the sleeping pill. So <laughs> <laughs> they would do it today, but uh, yes, they did address that. She she was on sleeping pills. What else? I liked on the the airplane with the rats when he had the uh, the telescope, and like after it crashes, he just flips it around and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a nice touch. <laughs> um. Oh, we didn't even talk about the brass unicorn. How about yeah, that okay. scene? Is what was the plague with that one? Uh, the plague of beasts beast okay I, I forgot that one too i had to uh, remind myself uh but yeah it was the plague of beasts where they just shoot a, a brass unicorn through a guy and he gets impaled to a wall mm-hmm. and then they end up having to f- rotate the guy to get him out for some reason and it's like at a i i, I don't want to call it a gentleman's club but like an old school gentleman's club where you know you you just go over there for dinner and then to read <laughs> like a social club yeah <laughs> i don't i don't know if they still have those they're for the rich and powerful and some guy's reading his newspaper or whatever and he's like why don't you quiet down over there <laughs> as they're spinning this guy who's impaled to the wall <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Like, stop inconveniencing me. I'm trying to read the news. Uh, getting back to the the locust kill with the woman, I did think it was weird and didn't make much sense that Fives makes that big point of taking out that 
plastic see-through woman was to line it up over the bed you know make sure that he had it lined up because <laughs> they do like drills over her face yeah you know, through the ceiling right above her face i guess would be of course he has to assume the bed is in that that exact position in the room below him yeah so i was like okay he's like gonna do some kind of like witchcraft type stuff <laughs> lays it down i was he kneels on it like i was he, he's gonna do some prayer or some weird spell or something yeah. And then he just takes out the drill and starts drilling on her face. <laughs> and it isn't perfect either, because as soon as he puts the goo into it, it's like spilling on the nightstand and the glass that's right there. And I was like, well, yeah. what the fuck is the point of this plastic thing? He <laughs> didn't really line it up too well. <laughs> the, the tube went in crooked is the thing. I liked how he, uh, like he had the tube of the, uh, the locust and he's just like, Tap it on it to try to get them to go. Like, hurry up, get in there. Because <laughs> I, I don't know that they had some fake ones in there, and then they, maybe a few shots with some real ones, and like mm. they just weren't going. Like there was yeah. no enticement for them to leave the uh, the original container he brought them in. Um, anything else you want to discuss regarding Doctor Fibes? Um, I don't. Did we touch on all the kills? I think so. I mean, we kind of mentioned them. I don't know. It's fun. I recommend it. I agree. It's in eventually. I, I, as I said earlier, I recommend the sequel. I watched that for the first time just recently, and I uh, enjoyed that just as much. It's a little bit different, not as colorful, but uh, lots of fun to be had there. All right. Well, we will check you later. Check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking Check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case.